You're listening to Classic Movies Live on Heatwave Radio, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out. And today, uh, we're talking about two movies that uh, actually came out quite a while before this uh, episode uh, released. Probably they're out of theaters by now. But we talk about Frozen 2 and um, also a little bit about Pain and Glory. We, we, go, we go pretty deep on Frozen 2. I don't think... I don't think there's too many spoilers, so you should be fine. And uh, Pain and Glory, it's just a very brief recommendation, not even really a review. So uh, lots here, and um, in fairly little time. We were very efficient today. So here is, well, I guess here's Brendan Urie off Frozen 2's soundtrack. There we go. Yay. I can hear you, but I won't. Some look for trouble, while others don't. There's a thousand reasons I should go about my day And ignore your whispers, which I wish would go away You're not a voice, you're just a ringing in my ear And if I heard you, which I don't, I'm spoken for, I fear You're listening to Classic Movies Live on Heatwave Radio, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out. Today's movie uh, came out a while ago. Um, I saw it a while ago. I think you've seen it more recently than I have. Uh, Possibly. We're going to talk about an animated movie today. Pierre, let's, uh, how about you intro Frozen 2? Uh, there's there's the (laughs) surprise. (laughs) Uh, Frozen 2 is the sequel to Frozen 1. Very astute. uh, Six six years in the making. Was it really six Um, years? Yeah. Holy crap. Frozen came out in 2013. Um, did Frozen win the Academy Award that year? It did, I believe. So for best animated feature. Right. And for best, uh... Probably song. Yeah, best original song. I'm going to find out what it was up against. And essentially, Frozen 2, it follows Frozen 1 in that we find Elsa ruling whatever the place is called, something guard. Arendelle? Arendelle. Arendelle, Yeah, the the place from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, perfect. And then, um, so she is struggling with, I guess, finding a new path in her life. She's not made to rule. And she starts hearing voices, and some people might want to go to the doctor when they hear that, but Elsa decides that this is a grand adventure calling her. Well, it turns out that those voices are actually, I suppose, famous singer Aurora. Well, yeah. Yeah. If you want to get meta about it. Right. So So clearly the voices are real. Yes. Well, yeah, in this case they were. Right. But I'm not sure if... If the same thing were to happen today, I doubt the the plot would follow. Anyways, Frozen 2, what do you think? It was fine. Um, this is good, actually. Like, I, we haven't talked about a movie that we disliked here in a while. Yeah, and perfect. I don't know that I disliked it, but I didn't love it. Um, I enjoyed the entire experience of watching this movie. But, like, I guess I don't really know what the point was. Yeah, it's just... It's kind of, it feels like Incredibles 2 in that 
we waited so long, and then, like, when it came, I mean, Incredibles 2 was even longer, but when yeah. it came, it's just like, oh, dude. Like, they could have just made, like, a straight-to-DVD version of this. But I also kind of wonder, when they take that long to make a movie, what's the point? Like, who who cares? I mean, I guess I guess with Frozen 2, it's still kind of fresh in people's minds, because, mm. I mean, people who went to watch Frozen and... People who went to watch Frozen are nine now, so, like, you know, they still remember Frozen, because they've yeah. been watching it nonstop for six years. With The Incredibles, it's like... People Completely. who went to watch Incredibles as a kid are... 20 now they yeah it you have to make a very different movie to make it worthwhile yeah um but anyway like yeah it was fine uh i thought that that's yeah i would say in general i liked the songs better but there was no one song that i liked as much as the songs that i really liked in frozen one if that makes sense yeah it's weird i i wonder if they changed the i don't actually know if they changed the songwriters or something but they definitely felt less catchy, less punchy, less yeah. vibrant. Like what I did like, things. though, is that one or two of them felt a little more experimental, which I mm. thought was cool. Like, mm. I remember when I saw this, um, I talked to you very briefly, and you hadn't seen it yet, uh, and you mentioned that you had heard there was one song that you thought was going to be the big one, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I mistakenly thought it was the one song from the movie that I really liked, and in fact, it's a different song that I didn't like that much. And which song did you like, Jeff? So the song that I really liked is called Show Yourself, yeah. uh, which happens when Elsa goes to, I don't know, the Ice Kingdom? Desolate? It's friggin' there's nothing there. The Ice Thing, yeah. The only thing that's there is famous singer-songwriter Aurora, mm-hmm. uh, Again. but only her voice. Yes. And she's just going, ah, you know, mm-hmm. you know, my beautiful voice there. <laughs> Um, but anyway, she goes there and she, um, and show yourself is she's trying to get the famous singer songwriter Aurora to show herself, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um, what's really cool about that song is that like in the chorus, there's a part where there's like a probably two beat rest, which is super weird. Mm-hmm. So it makes the entire song, like if you're trying to like hum along with it or do anything, once you've started to sort of get the feel for the song, it's really, really strange mm-hmm. because it's got sort of, it's got an almost catchy hook and then it stops halfway through for like a two beat rest mm-hmm. and then it goes into the rest of the chorus, yeah. which I thought was super cool. Mm-hmm. I definitely did not think that one would be a major crowd pleaser necessarily because yeah. it's just too weird. Mm-hmm. But like, a lot of that people was liked it, I, I think. Yeah. It I just, mean, I think the marketing didn't. Because it was kind of a spoilery esque, like it happens well, pretty late. In that's the movie. not the big. That can't be the big song. Exactly. But also the other one is uh, the one that actually was big. What's it called? Into the unknown. Into the unknown. Uh, the Panic at the Disco song. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah. They, like, Disney, I think, pushed that for that song to be the new Let It Go. Which I guess makes sense, but it's not nearly as. It's not. Nothing about it is as good as Let It Go. It's catchy. No. For sure. Like, it's neat, and yeah. it's cool that they got Brendan Urie, who's going through a—we're we're going through a Urie renaissance right now, but, mm. like, um, I, I guess just, all that's cool, but it's not as good a song by any measure as mm. Let It Go. Well, it's not just that. It's just, like, like with musicals, you always have to keep in mind, like, when you put a song there, like, it, it has, you want it to sound good, but then also just, like, what it means to the characters and how it— forwards like advances the plot and everything ironically this might actually be a better song than let it go in that regard specifically because with let it go because let it go is it doesn't 
I wouldn't say that it advances the plot very much. I would say that Let It Go, the point of... So Let It Go is her character before she experiences the character development that happens in that movie. Yeah. Like, the whole point of Let It Go is to just, like, drop responsibilities and just be your own self, which is nice, but it's also not the point of the movie. Like, the message of the movie is that... Yes, you should be yourself, but also there are certain responsibilities that you have to take, well, uh, right? It's like half the message of the movie. It's half the message of the yeah. movie. So, like, in that respect, I would say that Let It Go let it go fits where it is in the story, but it doesn't advance the plot because Let It Go is basically a summary of her character thus far. Yeah. Where Into the Unknown is specifically, like, it's specifically calling her to... Like, it's instigating the plot. It's specifically calling her to go out and do something. Um, I'd argue that... So, Into the Unknown, you're right, it does, I guess, directly affect the plot more. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, yeah, well, it establishes Elsa's lure or lure to want to leave the palace, right? She's tired of her life. She wants to go on another adventure, and she's obsessed with this voice she keeps hearing, mm-hmm. right? So it establishes that, and then also it, it shows her leaving, I think, right? Right. Um, I think Let It Go is deserves more credit in that it establishes how Elsa's feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she, and, well, I guess Into the Unknown does the same, but then it also, like, gives her a place to settle down, if that makes, like, she builds the castle, while the ice castle, while she's singing, I guess, and they right. make it... I mean, I think if they did it without a musical number, it would look really, like... No, it is important. It definitely needs to be where it is in the musical. Yeah, it kind of establishes where she is going to, like, her state of mind, where basically where Anna has to find her. Right. And where she's holed up. And then also, um, just, like, it it does deliver kind of the message of the movie. Um, And then also, I just think it was catchier and a better song. Oh, it was. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. but yeah, into, anyways. Yeah, Into the Unknown is only good because it's sung by Brandon Urie. Yeah. I think. So basically, I didn't much care for the, 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 the movie version. <laughs> yeah, Actually, that's yeah. not true. I did like, like, the duet of her sort of talking to famous singer-songwriter Aurora, who has no lines. Yeah, except which, the... Well, except the, uh, her yeah, vocalized... I, by the way, I hate that vocalized, like, pattern so much. I... I find it so annoying now I don't even hearing the song. Like, I don't even disagree, but I think it fit very well in the songs that it's in. I don't... They, that doesn't make me like those songs more. Yeah. And I, you know... Well, they... Had no intent... I had no desire to hear more of it, but in the songs that it was in, I thought it was fine. Sure. Agree to disagree, Jeff. Sure, sure. But Anyways, like, uh, what did you think of the plot and everything? Uh, and the characters and... It was fine. I guess I, like... I'm glad they didn't just rehash the plot of the first one. Yeah, and it was like, actually pretty different. The plot was quite different, and it wasn't bad. It just also wasn't anything super special. Mm. Um, it was, like, a very typical... Um, it was a fairly typical Disney plot with sort of the same lame subversion as Frozen had, except that, again, like, well, I say lame because it worked kind of in Frozen 1, and in this one it was super obvious, telegraphed, and didn't work at all. Yeah. Uh, and then what's cool is this one, like, did, unlike other Disney movies, it portrayed uh, indigenous people as, like, 
people mm-hmm. with agency and yeah. was good for that. Yeah. So, you know, all things considered, it was fine. But again, like, we're, we're looking at a lackluster plot here. Yeah. Like, it's fine at best. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I didn't, I honestly still don't get the plot. It made no sense to me. Like, the whole, I just, okay, they were trying to, first of all, I hate the idea of sequels. They always try to explain, or a lot of them try to explain, like, the, the past or, like, why... Like, Elsa, I don't think her powers needed to be explained at all. No. And I think having... I thought the explanation was actually really bad. Yeah, like, I under I understand it less because now I'm, like, questioning why she has her powers yeah. than before, right? Um, I don't think, like, there has to be a huge back like backstory to everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like another similar example of this is, like, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Right. Where they explain how the spider that bit Peter was actually, like specifically engineered by his father yeah, to his only dad work. birthed that spider. <laughs> it was he birthed the spider and then hit it in Oscorp somehow and then it bit Peter because of destiny or whatever. Right. Rather than the the origin originally was just like a guy gets bit by a spider. Right. And then he gets powers because of coincidence, you know? Well that's what's nice about the the new Spider Man movies is literally no origin. It's like you know it by now. You yeah. Just, you're good. Whatever. It's nice. Like origins don't like for Elsa, like she has it's they live in a fantasy world already. Yeah. I don't need to know why she has ice powers. Was, Honestly, I felt like the reason she has ice powers was more in the service of explaining why any other person could maybe have powers in this tribe that they go to. Yeah. But no one does, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, so I was just, like, like I was really interested in finding out, like, oh, maybe there's, like, I don't know, like, a either, well, there's, like, like a fire spirit or fire person. And right. Then like, or maybe an autumn person and a summer person. But nope. No, it was just different animals and stuff. Well, there was the salamander. There was literally the wind. The wind. And then... Those big rock giants big rock... were apparently yeah. a spirit. Which... which the thing is, like... If it's just going to be different elemental creatures, who cares about Elsa then? Yeah, and then but then she's the fifth spirit. Right. Which is like, okay, but then why does she only have, like, ice powers or water powers? Well, because ice whatever. is the fifth element. You've got fire, you've got water, you've got <laughs> earth, you've got air, you've got just, ice. Uh, ice is unrelated to any of those four uh, yeah, things, Yeah, you know? I can't think of a single other element that could work with that. Um, but, oh, right, the water spirit was a horse. Yeah, which also, like... I don't know, man. Anyways. It was dumb. Yeah, so I just, I think it was, like, it was, I, I see what they were going for. I think it would have been a lot more interesting to just move the entire story forward, though. Yeah. And just, like, go see where, like, how Elsa rules and, like, how she's learning to use her powers and then further develop, like, I don't know. what I guess Anna. And well, like, bits and pieces of it are, super, are, are, are good because, like, the idea of this tribe right outside of Arendelle and a bunch of Arendellian soldiers that have been locked in battle for 30 years because of yeah. a stupid misunderstanding, but also that can't get out of it. Yeah. That's the main conflict here. Yeah. And that's a good idea. It's just that, like, nothing about any of those things is actually executed well. Yeah. And it just felt very... I don't know. I think it was... There was some weird theme clashing. It was just well, it's just like it. They're trying to describe the origins of her fantastical magical powers, but then they're also getting into like the politics of like taking over land and like. Um, it's a little ra- sloppy. Kind of like the first movie, actually. It, it, <laughs> yeah. So it's just like like I think 
I, I'm totally fine with them tackling those themes. It's just like it felt the movie didn't have enough time to really actually deal with that. Right. And then also like those two ideal, those two separate like plot points were very different. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. But they tried to put them together. And I still, yeah. Do you think it's clear by now, like, for people that haven't seen the movie, do you think it's clear by now what the movie's about, or should I, like, summarize the plot really quick? I mean, you can try. I mean, so, okay, so Elsa is a queen. She's doing her queen thing. And Anna, I I don't know, she's dead weight, I guess. And so, like, um, they have, and so the the, the plot is that famous singer-songwriter Aurora... (laughs) Uh, reaches out to Elsa through some vocalizations, and Elsa decides that she needs to go find famous singer-songwriter Aurora, and so she goes out into the... uh, Unknown. I was going to say forest, but that's also good, yeah. (laughs) She goes out into the unknown, and um, they encounter, uh, like, an ice wall in the forest, and then when they get through it, they find out that there's, like, Arendellian soldiers that have been fighting against this tribe that apparently, well this tribe of people that are, have been right outside Arendelle for, like, 30 years, ever since... Uh, 30 years? I don't know, something like that. Ever since Elsa's granddad um, came to build them a bridge yeah. that may not have been with the best intentions. Yeah. And by the end of the movie, Elsa has gone to the North Pole and died. So, like, there's a lot of stuff that happens in between, but that's the basic plot of it. Yeah. And again, I don't know if that... And you're missing so much. Oh, there's a lot that's missing. But, I like, know. that's the basic plot, I would say. I, I, mean, I think that's that, that's that's where things get started. Without spoilers, yeah, yeah. that's the plot, anyway. Um, anyways. Yeah, I didn't like the plot. I didn't like the character development. I um, thought it was... Well, I mean, I thought... It was very lackluster. I just kind of thought everything in this movie was lazy. Like, the character yeah. development, kind of the plot, the plot just, like... They had ideas, and it felt like they had ideas and couldn't figure out how to do them within six years, so they just sort of slapped everything like, together. Blah. Like, Disney wants something, Yeah. And we said we could probably make a plot, so let's let's just put this all together. The plot is close. Like, I can see every element of that that would have worked, yeah. and none of it does. No, none of it. Uh, well, yeah. Very little. Like, I mean, like, okay, I... I I think I'm being harsh. It's, it's an all right movie. It's like, fine. Like, like, the plot was okay. It's just, like, compared to the first one, it just... I think the first one had a really solid, simple The first plot. one is a solid 6 out of 10. Yeah. This one is, like, maybe, like, a decent 4. Nah, even, even that's a little okay. high. Um, but, yeah, so I think... I think a big problem it had was separating the main characters, first of all. I think the problem with that is just, like... In the sec- the first movie, they were also separated mm-hmm. for some some lengths of it, right? Right. And then like And it made sense in the first movies yeah. because one of uh, because Elsa goes off on her own to be alone. That's her whole thing. Yeah. And then it's up to Anna to actually go and find her. Yeah. And, and in she this meets movie, Kristoff halfway through. And, yeah. And in this movie, Anna, Kristoff and Elsa all go into things together. But then And then they just find contrived ways to split them up. Yeah. And like, it was, there's literally one scene where Elsa's just like, I don't want you here, and, like, sends Anna down a river, which yeah. is pretty ruthless, That's actually. That's kind of mean. And then also just, like, like I don't really care for her. Like, Anna and Elsa's relationship was already pretty developed, I guess. Yeah. But then, like, I think Kristoff doesn't, and, like, Sven or whatever, they don't feel, like, part, like, I don't, 
they feel almost separate from this movie. Yeah, and they were pretty. They were relatively separate in the last movie. Really, like, yeah. Kristoff doesn't really interact with Elsa. So this really, this movie really should have been a way to develop. Anna and Elsa's relationship further, which they could do because <clears throat> even though their relationship is developed from the last movie, yeah. they did spend a lot of time apart. So it could have been an interesting, it could have been an interesting uh, place to like show what they're like when they're together because yeah. we haven't seen that. Yeah, even though we know, we we have an idea, mm-hmm. but like we haven't actually seen that. And like this definitely would have been the place to develop Sven, 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 uh, yeah, Kristoff, the... Kristoff, and. Oh, Christoph. <laughs> And yeah, Anna's relationship. I, I was mad about Kristoff was put to the side, and basically his entire plot line was, I want to marry girl. girl but the thing is, too, doesn't like, seem to be into me right now. And when there's any action on that plot, it directly, it directly results in him missing out on some other part of the plot and in fact, being so far behind that he can no longer catch up yeah, to the rest of the plot. He's still trying to marry Anna. <laughs> yeah, so it's like. Which is also like a terrible time to do it because they're stuck in an enchant. I guess his reasoning is if we die here, like, I want to marry this girl before, if, in case something happens. But it's just. Well, like, and also he hears from some of the locals that they have a bomb ass uh, marriage proposal ceremony. Yeah. Which, again, doesn't work out. So no, it doesn't work out, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, and that was just very, like... And they were also, like... I, I don't know. I felt, like, I, his musical number, I thought it was kind of interesting, yeah. but it was just so conflicting, in my opinion. Well, it was fine, but it could it didn't fit anywhere in the actual movie. It no. just sort of, like... It was just kind of a wasted song. It, it, was it didn't, just, yeah. didn't advance anything. But then also just, like... The tone of it was so weird because it was, it was like a, rel- like if you just listen to the song, I think it's relatively like sorrow, sorrowful and heartfelt. Yeah. At least the styling of it. But then when you watch like the movie, they're they're playing it off very comedically, right? Yeah. And it's just like I feel, I just think I I think that was just very, I think it was important. Like either choose funny. Or choose sad, right? It mm-hmm. didn't feel like it fit, especially because this is like the character's entire motivation, and he's genuinely sad. But yeah. it's like the movie is like making fun of <laughs> oh, him. Oh, he's sad. That's funny. Yeah, and like making fun of him for having feelings for this girl, and mm-hmm. it's just it was very confusing. Um, but I did like it. Felt I liked how they were referencing, like I guess, love songs from the 80s or something like yeah, that like it music did, videos it, it, it sounded like a love ballad from the 80s for sure yeah and like I guess it kinda came across like across as that in the visuals but also yeah. like it was clearly a send up of them which I don't yeah I, I agree with you that was not in service of the character very yeah. honestly like if, if this song was released as like I don't know a single or something like and the music video was separate from the movie. Yeah, I think it'd be kind of cool, but mm-hmm. no, it it did not fit in the movie at all. Not really. It was weird. Um so yeah, his his arc was useless. I can't really remember what Anna did like uh, she fell down a river. She fell down a river. I think river. she dies at some like That's, she doesn't actually die. She gets She almost dies. She or... almost dies at some point and like every bad thing that happens to Anna in this movie is directly Elsa's fault. Which is awful. Yeah, that is because it's annoying. like they're supposed to be together, and she's like, "Hey, every t- when we're alone, we are not as effective as when we are together. Would you do you think it might be a good idea to stick together for this whole thing? Because if we don't, there is a chance that you might die, and there's a chance that I might die, given the stakes of this movie. 
what do you think? And Elsa's like, ha, lol, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And it works out badly for both of them. Uh-huh. Like, it's it's so and... annoying because it's so obvious that Anna, for most of the movie, is the person who's in the right and interested in advancing the plot forward. Not only in advancing the plot, but, like, in a constructive way that will be good for, that will be probably the best for everybody. Mm. And she just gets sidelined so hard. Yeah, and it kind of defeats, like, I thought the point of the first movie was, like, work together, you know, and things will work out. But then, like, it kind of reverts back to just, like, Anna's trying to help Elsa. Elsa's Mm -hmm. like, I got to do this by myself. I have powers. And then... So, you know, I said at the beginning I liked that they didn't just rehash the plot from the first movie. Well, yeah, now that I think about it. But they kind of did. In a lot of ways, yeah. it It was... Aesthetically very different from the first movie. Um, Technically very different from the first movie. But thematically, it falls into... Thematically, they ended up, like, repeating a lot of the same things that they really shouldn't have. Like, they could have repeated a lot of things, and the things they did repeat were the worst ones. Yeah. Yeah. So we end up with another movie that's about what happens when Anna is alone and what happens when Elsa is alone... And uh, the only major difference being that Kristoff isn't in this movie at all. Yeah, exactly. Basically. <laughs> um, and uh, then what? I guess we're missing Olaf. Again, Olaf. I think Olaf was a problem in this movie. <sighs> I he guess was, he... He got tiring very quickly. I guess opinion. he was more important to the plot. I gotta say, like, I hated him in the first movie, and I didn't hate him in this movie for the most part. Mm. But, like... I think he was he was better. Like, his jokes were funnier. But then also he was just in more of the movie and that yeah the first movie he had a relative like he comes in like a basically halfway through to say I so. guess like something positive about Olaf I did feel like the joke in this movie is that Olaf is more mature because he's been a snowman who's alive for a, for a full year right now yeah and it was played off as like um, he 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 was played as like a kid who thinks he's way more mature than he is most of the time but there were actually a couple of moments where he did legitimately come off as more mature than in the first one yeah. and those very few moments were really nice like the yeah. scene where um he there's a scene where he's comforting anna in a in a cave after they've both been ditched by elsa because elsa doesn't care about her movie or herself mm-hmm. so <laughs> Um, and like, that was a good scene. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another, there's, there's other like smaller things where Olaf actually helps figure out something of the plot or something. It's, it's fine. I didn't hate him in this movie, but he still is not a good character and he's in way too much of the movie. Yeah. I think he had a cute arc though. Yeah. What what was the thing he was trying to figure out? Like the meaning of life or like the point of aging or there was one thing he Maybe. kept trying to figure out it was very existential which like yeah it's kind of weird to give that to the comic relief character but hey whatever yeah but i i remember there's a scene close to the end um that was actually really sad with olaf mm-hmm. and like it actually tied i thought it was a cute callback yeah well, it wasn't like amazing writing but it, it gave him something you mm-hmm. know and it, it really hit it really it actually hit pretty good um but yeah I, I think, does that cover everything? I mean, pretty much. What are we looking at here? Well, that is, so that's Frozen 2. Like, I don't know. Is there anything else to say about this movie? You Not really. It's, again, it's, other than, like, being extremely, like, having the probably the most confusing plot of a Disney movie I've ever seen, um, it's pretty, yeah, mediocre. 
Uh, not I wouldn't really watch it again. I think the only mm, the only thing I've learned from this is that Disney animation should not make sequels because Wreck It Ralph two was abysmal, and yeah. this movie was not as good as the first. Yeah, like again, they're never really bad movies. It's just well, like, Wreck It Ralph right. two was bad. Ah. I would say it was bad. I, I would. Compared to the first one. Com- well, I mean, the first one is one of the finest Disney movies they've yeah, ever released. Yeah. And the second one is so awful. It had yeah. one scene that I enjoyed. A single um, scene. That's fair. I, I, I barely remember it, actually. But um, I don't know. Are there any other Disney like animation sequels other than those two? No, they wisely cut Tangled off after one movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like... Tangled. I, I heard there's like rumors of a Zootopia too, but I that really seems don't like want a bad that to idea. happen. Yeah. Zootopia one. Work. The metaphor lasts exactly one movie. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to bring it beyond it's that, you're gonna really, run no. into real problems yeah. real quick. I'd say like the biggest point of that movie was just like the world develop, world yeah. building, and I don't know if they can go much farther beyond that. I mean, with they showed with the Tangled, they did like an animated series afterwards, yeah. and that would probably work for Zootopia. You could probably do I like a lighthearted that. animated series in yeah. the world. I wouldn't watch it, but I wouldn't either. But like, <laughs> it could the kids probably might like work. It. I don't know. I don't think that might be our last sequel for a while. I don't think there's um, any other. Yeah. Well, I that, so. Now I think it, like Pixar actually does a decent job with their sequels. Decent, but not relatively decent. Not as awesome. Like definitely better than. What are their what? good sequels? All the Toy Story sequels. Yeah. Cars three. Cars three was actually. Pretty that's good. it. Uh, I I didn't mind Finding Dory. I thought it was better than like this. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree it. with that. Um, I really, I didn't mind, I kind of like Monsters University. I haven't seen that one, actually. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. I I really hope they don't make a sequel to, like, Ratatouille. Well, that wouldn't even make sense. Yeah, it it really wouldn't. Um, Well, I mean, that's the thing, though, is like... Oh, Incredibles, too. That was... Okay, I take it back. That was, that was really rough. Yeah, it was... hmm. But, like... I guess, like, the thing that I'm noticing, like, we, we've got these big animation studios. I mean, they're both the same, essentially, mm-hmm. Pixar and Disney. And, like, they are best when they're not making sequels, I think. Yeah, but do they make as much money is the problem. <sighs> That's a good question. Because, like, Frozen did gangbusters, but yeah. so did Frozen 2. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, like... Even more. I guess it's just, like... Every single new movie they do is a risk where, like, if they make Frozen 3, people will turn out in droves to see it because Again, it is Frozen it's 3. Frozen, yeah. They shouldn't do it. It would be probably, it would be creatively bankrupt at best. Yeah. But, like, it would make money. It would. Well, yeah, the same thing with all the live action features. But also, like, at this point, doesn't Disney have enough of a safety net that they never need to make money again? <laughs> <sighs> Unfortunately, that's not how companies work. I understand that. Yeah. But, like, they can take risks, right? Ideally, they can do another the good dinosaur. That was oh. a hell of a risk. Oh yeah, and that didn't really. <laughs> it pay did off. not pay off, but it was a hell of a risk. Yeah. Um. We have a couple of minutes left. Okay. Do you want to talk about another movie very briefly? Sure. I do have a little bit of stuff to say about it. Is this movie Pain and Glory? It is Pain and Glory. Perfect. So this is very thematically similar to Frozen 2 mm-hmm. in that they're both about aging old Spanish men. That's not true. No. Mm. One of those movies I was is about an aging yeah. old Spanish <laughs> men. How, um, I've seen Pain and Glory twice now. Mm-hmm. How much of Pain and Glory have you seen? Not very much. Okay. Do you know roughly what part you got to? 
I can't remember. I was really tired. I was That's like fair. half asleep too. So Pain and Glory, very, very briefly, uh, it's about a uh, it's about an aging cinema director who uh, his movie his biggest movie called Sabor is being um, reissued for the for essentially a fictional version of the Criterion Collection. So they're doing screenings of it in Madrid, and he is invited to one of those screenings. But to go to the screening, they would like for him to go with his lead actor, too, who he has not seen in 32 years. So that's roughly where things get started in this movie. And so over the course of the movie, it's him interacting with this lead actor, uh, the lead actor and him, like, finding out more about each other, including um, eventually the lead actor uh, finds one of the scripts he's been working on and just, like, performs that script. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, it's, um, and also it's partially like about his li- the director's life. Cause it has lots of flashbacks to him as a kid and how he became a movie director. Uh, the thing about this movie is it's very, it's mostly autobiographical. Like it's metafiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember what he calls it in the movie. He calls it in, he, he comes in very late and calls it autofiction where it's, uh, basically, it's autobiographical fiction, so it's it's fiction, but really, it's just the names are changed. So this movie is about the director um, of the movie, and the director is being played by Antonio Banderas, and the person who's the actor that he needs to get in touch with is a stand-in for Antonio Banderas. So it's about Antonio Banderas kind of interacting with himself, which yeah. is kind of interesting. Uh, there's a lot of points in the movie where... Um, Antonio Banderas will, like, issue some stage direction or talk or, like, make a comment on directing that you can definitely tell is intended for Antonio Banderas. Like, at one point, he says, actors are always looking for any excuse to cry. And, like, throughout the rest of the movie, if you watch, he is so (laughs) stone-faced. Like, he is absolutely refusing to find any excuse to be emotional because clearly, like, not only is it stage direction, it's stage direction he himself had to give at this point. So, um... Yeah, it's very good. Uh, that's that's really all I have to say about it. Nice. Uh, it is up for some Academy Awards. It won't win the one that it's up for. It's actually only up for one. No, it's two. Two. It's up for International Feature yeah. and uh, Best, uh, Best Actor actually. for Tony Bando. Mm-hmm. So, like... Exciting. Yeah, it's not going to win either of those. No. <laughs> uh, and I, we can say... that Actually, it didn't win either of those all because right. this, will be, right. uh, this will be airing after the Oscars. Hey, I will say, if it doesn't win... If it wins Best International Feature, I could see Parasite winning Best Picture because of the split. Yes. So if that happens, that's a really good sign for Parasite. I actually hope, uh, and this I kind of hope Pain and Glory wins now. I hope that uh, I actually kind of hope that Parasite wins both. Mm. I like the idea of Pain and Glory winning International, but like. Parasite is going. It, it's the best of the international features. I'm just scared that like best picture, the so. Academy will just be like, "Oh, Parasite won Best International. It doesn't need Best Picture now." That's true. To, I wonder uh, who votes movie. on. I wonder who votes on International. Because like, if the people who vote on International and Best Picture, like, if, or if the people who vote on Best Picture also all vote on Best International, mm-hmm. then like, absolutely what you said. But if there yeah. is like a split vote, like if it's if it's not the same people, because be, different people vote in different categories. So. Yeah, that's true. But then there's also well, actually, I don't know, because the best pic, best director and best picture are rarely the same person. Very. That's rarely. not true. Isn't it's it? It's actually more common that they are the same. Oh. I just remember Guillermo del Toro winning both, I think. 
um, for Shape of Water. Because I think, I, I looked it up, I think it's of 93 pictures that have won Best Picture, which sounds already, that already sounds wrong. Yeah. But I remember it being like 65, so roughly two-thirds are really? also one best director. That's whack, man. I guess I'd have to look that up. But yeah, that either, sounds very... I can't swear to the numbers, Yeah. but in general, it is fairly common for best picture and best director to both go to the same. Oh, Not always. Last year, it didn't happen. Mm. But uh, Cool. Well, I'll check it out. Oscars yeah. this Sunday. Very exciting. So that is a very, very brief recommendation, really, more than a review of uh, Pain and Glory. Okay, there is one scene in Pain and Glory I wanted to talk about, though. Sure, like, I, I've, I've been waiting for, the, for this for a week. There's a scene in Pain and Glory where the guy, where Antonio Banderas is going to get drugs, and across the street there's just a dude that walks up to this other guy holding two swords and just stabs the dude in the leg, like, really fast, and then <laughs> the police come to, like, arrest this man who has swords, and that's when the drug deal takes place, and we never hear anything about any part of that situation ever again. Oh, kind of sounds like The Room. Where you got the drug dealer and the the kid, and remember the drug dealer is like trying to get the kid's money, and then you're like, oh, okay, this might come back later, and you never see nope, the drug dealer. No, it doesn't come back or ever. Or the drug problem like come up ever again. So, uh, man with swords. Uh, go see Pain and Glory. Has man with swords. Yes. Real quick, uh, before we end this off, uh, what do you want to say about Frozen Two? We we've we've said everything, oh. but like, what would you say? Would you recommend it? Uh, I think it's worth watching once just to, like, see it, I guess. It's, like, a lot of people have seen it. Maybe you'll find a song or two you kind of like. Um, I would not... I was... This is... Yeah, this is definitely, like, wait till it's on, I guess, Disney Plus. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, it's it's not worth going out of your way to see. It's it's definitely a bored, bored night. I would say movie. that I enjoyed it when I watched it. And, um... So it's a fun theater-going experience if that's important to you. It's probably out of theaters by the time this gets out. So, like, maybe give it a watch on Disney+. Plus. I mean, I've seen worse things on Disney+. Plus. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so, like, in general, not great. But if you just want to, like, turn your brain off and watch a fun movie for a bit, sure. Yeah. It's a decent enough kid's I'll agree movie. to that. All right. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye.